It really seems late tonight, doesn't it? Because of the change with the dropping of daylight savings time. But here we are together at the uh, end of this Sunday to worship and praise God and to listen to his word to us in scripture and to learn from it. Our first reading tonight is from the Book of Wisdom, which is the last book written in the Old Testament. Apparently it was written in Alexandria, Egypt, and written in Greek. And because it wasn't written in the Holy Land and because it was written in a language other than Hebrew, uh, the Jewish people don't accept it as part of their scriptures. So it's part of the Christian Old Testament, but not part of the Jewish Bible. And the reason this book was written is because the Jews who were living in Alexandria, living outside of the Holy Land, were living in a culture that challenged their faith. Strange philosophies, different ways of looking at things. And apparently many of the Jews in Alexandria were giving up their faith in the Torah, in the scriptures of the Jewish people. And so this writer set about trying to reconcile Jewish faith with the Greek way of thinking. And what this particular passage is about is God's relationship with creation. And what's described here is our world being so very, very small, yet so very, very important in God's eyes. Let's listen to those words once again. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew. We're supposed to imagine a grain of sand on the scales. It wouldn't even register, right? Or a drop of dew in the morning. When the sun comes up, it quickly vanishes. And the author is saying the whole universe, in terms of God, is nothing more than those little tiny passing kind of things. He goes on to say, And how could a thing remain unless you willed it or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? You know, it's, it's our Christian faith that if the Lord stopped thinking about us for even a second, we would go out of existence. That our universe, the world in which we live, ourselves would disappear if we were not part of the thinking or mind of God. Uh, Bishop Barron, Bishop Robert Barron, has a great image that I think helps us understand that. He says, a song exists only so long as a singer is singing. And when he stops singing, the song no longer exists. And in some ways, we and the world in which we live, the universe we live, is God's song. And if you stop singing it, it would go out of existence. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it, what, it, what it tells us is that even though we're small and insignificant, God loves us. And he's called us into being because of his great love. So this reading is about two things, actually. It's about how powerful God is. God is all-powerful. And at the same time, the all-powerful God is all 
merciful. That's the other part of this reading. This is what it says. You have mercy on all because you can do all things and you overlook people's sins that they might repent. Again, therefore you rebuke offenders little by little. Warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. You know that God who is all-powerful, is so very merciful to us. He doesn't punish us. He rebukes us gently and slowly and invites us as he overlooks our sins to come back to him. An all-powerful God who is all-merciful. That's what we Christians believe God is like in his relationship to us. Now, all of that is to prepare us to listen with attentive ears to today's gospel passage from the Gospel of St. Luke, the story of Zacchaeus. And this is a rather, a rather wonderful story about God and about us. You know, the story is first of all about God. It's not about Zacchaeus, it's about God, but it's also about him, and because it's about him, it's also about us. So the scriptures tell us here, there was a man in Jericho where Jesus was passing through whose name was Zacchaeus. Zechariah would be another form of it, or Zachary would be the way we uh, English speakers would use the name. And it says he was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man. You might remember from my earlier homilies when I talked about tax collectors, how bad the Jewish people thought they were. You know, they were collaborators with the Roman Empire and they took more money than they were required to take so they could make themselves wealthy. And this man is not only a tax collector, but he is the chief tax collector. So he's probably perceived by the Jews, um, the good Jews, the practicing Jews, as the worst, most notorious sinner in the community. So that's what Zacchaeus is like. And the reading says, Zacchaeus, was seeking to see who Jesus was. And he couldn't do it because he was of small stature. And I know what's that like when I'm in a crowd. I can't see over the heads of everybody who's standing in front of me. So it says he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He did this foolish thing to see Jesus. You know, children climb trees. Adult male, males don't do that. He was willing to risk being perceived as foolish in order to see Jesus. The worst man in town is curious about the Lord. And then this, this story takes a turn because instead of focusing on Zacchaeus, it focuses on Jesus. Jesus was about to pass by. When he reached the place where the tree was, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay in your house. So 
you know, it's really important for us to notice that Zacchaeus did not invite Jesus to come to his house. Jesus invited himself to come to the house. And Zacchaeus didn't even call to Jesus. He was climbing the tree just to see him. And Jesus walked by and noticed him first. And it was at that moment that he called Zacchaeus by name. And the reading says, and he came down quickly and received him, received Jesus with joy. And then the people began to complain. And their complaint is understandable. Uh, the image I'd like you to use to understand this is wonder if Pope Francis came back to Philadelphia and instead of stopping here at the cathedral, he stopped at a saloon and visited with the people there instead. You know, I think those of us who are serious Catholics who were prepared to welcome him would be upset because Jesus was not coming to see us, instead he was going to see them. You know, the people that we didn't think deserved his attention. So it's understandable why they would be upset. And it says they began to grumble. Uh, to grumble. And Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I ex have extorted anything from anyone, and you know he extorted it all, you know, I shall repay it four times over. And in response to that, Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house. Now, let's look closely at what happened and try to make an application to ourselves in our lives. One thing we need to learn from this reading is that if we take just a modicum of interest in the Lord Jesus, extraordinary things can happen. And the word modicums mean the smallest bit of attention. I mean, that's all that Zacchaeus did. He wanted to see the Lord. He climbed a tree. And that excited Jesus so much that Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. All you and I have to do to get God's attention is show a little bit of interest. Now we're doing that tonight by being in church, right? So we're kind of living up to that part of the story. Not only does Jesus respond, but Jesus responds in a rather extraordinary way. Um, someone described his response as an invasion of grace in the life of Zacchaeus. Not only did he come to Zacchaeus' house, but he completely remodeled it. You know, he invited himself and came in friendship. And then the third thing that happens, there's a little bit of interest, God's immediate and intense response. The third thing that happens is a complete change in the life of Zacchaeus. You know, he had been a robber, a dishonest man, and he promises to give half of what he has to the poor. That's 50%. We think we're doing pretty good if we give 10% to the poor, right? He promises to give 50%, and he promises that if he's defrauded anybody, he will not only pay it back, but he will pay it back four times. So there was an intense, immense kind of conversion in the life of Zacchaeus. You know, Bishop Robert Barron, who I quoted earlier tonight, 
also says another thing that's very important. He says that grace is free. You know, the love of God is free. It was in this case, right? But it's not cheap. And the grace that came to Zacchaeus was free, but it cost him a lot, 50% of all that he had, and an extraordinary change of his life. But this is a story about the way God wants to deal with you and me. That all-powerful God we heard about in the first reading, who's all-merciful, was absolutely merciful in his relationship with Zacchaeus, and God wants also to be that radically generous in his relationship with us. And all we have to do is show a little bit of interest. So we need to do that and we'll be surprised. But we have to be willing to pay the the price, which is giving our whole self to the Lord. Now, I'm sure that there are people in our community this evening here at the cathedral who are, like Zacchaeus, on the threshold of conversion. Uh, You don't have to be a great sinner to be on the threshold of conversion. You You can be just a dull Christian in need of conversion and commitment. I think most of us are probably in that situation ourselves. But there's also people in our lives, among our friends and relatives, who are on the threshold of conversion. And it's very important that we not act like the crowd in today's gospel that got in the way in some ways tried to block Zacchaeus' experience of Jesus. They were standing in his way, but then when he offered uh, to, to welcome Jesus into his home, they grumbled in opposition because those people were just sinners. And we can treat people like that ourselves and make it much more difficult for them to cross over the threshold into a life of grace. We have to be sensitive that we don't do that And we have to do all we can to encourage those who are on the threshold of conversion to take that step, beginning with ourselves. And you might notice that when Jesus looked at Zacchaeus, he said, now come down quickly. I want to be in your home today. You know, this was not about a long-term process. It was immediate response to the grace of God. And if you and I put off the conversion that God invites us to, if we come down slowly, or we'll say we'll do it tomorrow, there's a chance that the grace will pass us by and we won't be changed. So we ask the Lord to make each of us a Zacchaeus, that we might respond generously to him by, first of all, showing the kind of interest that God wants us to have in relationship to his love.